HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's November 26, 2013. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We've got some special guests tonight. First of all, thanks to our sponsors, GreatBrewers.com. It's almost Thanksgiving, so cheers to that. we got uh, Yepe from Evil Twin and Sarah Monroe, the beer director from 11 Madison Park. So we're going to talk a little bit about high-end beer and high-end beer restaurants today and uh some food and beer pairings. So, uh, as you guys may know, Yappe Evil Twin, uh, he's you know he's from Denmark. He's had a remarkable career already. For how old are you, Yappe? I'm pretty old actually. Yep. I just look young. Are you over thirty five? I'm thirty eight actually. He's had a pretty remarkable career for a not so young guy. <laughs> <laughs> Almost young. And Sarah, you're you're, you're uh, working in fine dining, but you also mm-hmm. went to the NYU Food Studies program. Yes, I did the uh, NYU Food Studies program. Before that, I did a uh, culinary school at the CIA. So, how long have you been in fine dining? Um, I mean, I've been I've been at EMP for almost two years now, uh, but I've been in restaurants since I was fifteen, um, mostly on the fine dining route, but all right, and mostly in the kitchen. <laughs> so let's we're going to jump right in because it's almost Thanksgiving, so. I think it's good to talk about you know some of the food and beer pairing. So, Yepi, um, you're like a consultant with the, uh, the the Torst, which is the renowned uh, beer bar in Greenpoint. Correct. And now you've got a little restaurant in the back called Luxus. Yeah, I mean, Torst opened back in March of this year, and Luxus opened in July. Um, it's a small restaurant, 24, 26 seats. Uh, we do about 40 colors a night. Um, and it's a fixed menu. Uh, the chef just do whatever he wants, and... Uh, about ten servings, only paired with beers. So it's a, it's a one prefix meal. Exactly. Time. Yeah, and we want to show you know, I, I like wine and I like drinking wine when I go to fine dining restaurants, but I also like drinking beer. And a lot of restaurants have started doing doing beer with the with the pairings, but we want to show that beer can can do all of it. So we don't serve any wine at all. We just do beer. 
So what are some of the, the pairings that you've liked that your chef has done? I mean, our approach to it is kind of the same as, uh, it is actually the same as when you do wine pairings. And a lot of people ask us, so do you, first of all, th- the first question we always get is, so do you put beer in the food? For some reason, people think that if you drink beer with food, you have to put beer in the food also. We don't do that. Uh, like, you don't have to put wine in the food just because you drink wine with it. Um, so that's the first thing. And the other thing is, then people say, so you, so the chef cooks for the beer? And we don't do that either. I mean, it's like, you know, how you do it if you are a, a wine-serving restaurant. Daniel, our chef, just cooks whatever he wants to cook, and then we pair the beer afterwards and see what beers pa- uh, pairs with each course. So we take the same approach that you you would do with a Eleven Madison with wine, for example. But he's also probably working with a palate that he knows certain beers and, and there's certain flavors that go together, right? Yeah, I mean, his, his food is very, uh, I want to say Scandinavian influences, light flavors, lots of fish, lots of light flavors, vegetables. So a lot of our beers will, because of that, be light. It's not like we'd serve an imperial stout with a piece of white fish because it wouldn't go well together. So a lot of the beers that we serve are very light, either light or we do a lot of also sour beers or bread beers because they just works well with what he does. Right. And Sarah, so you're at 11 Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, it's renowned for its wine list. And I know you have a huge wine list, but you, you've somehow been able to work in a beer program as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we also have a really fantastic cocktail program and a really great coffee program and a fantastic tea program. Basically, we want to make sure that we can provide anything that someone could possibly need. Um, kind of anticipatory hospitality. And uh, so... My role is, is when I'm looking at uh, putting together the beer list, is choosing a, an array of beers that could go with food. And so basically when someone comes in and they say, you know, I'd rather have a beer tonight for my pairings uh, rather than wine, I don't, have a necessar- I don't have a set beer pairing. I can kind of ask them, what do you prefer? What are some of the beer styles that you like? What are you in the mood for tonight? You know, that way... I can still pair something that will go with the food, but something that they'll also enjoy. Uh, and we can mix it up. We can do beer, we can do cider, we can do wine, all in one tasting. Um, so it's kind of having a lot of different options uh, to make sure that someone gets exactly you know, what they want. Do you mind if I put you on the spot? I mean, could you yeah. tell me like a, a typical or recent pairing that you've, you've done with some courses? Yeah, uh, I mean, we actually have a course... Uh, that we have kind of built a beer into, um, our cheese course. Uh, basically, we put a bottle of beer inside a picnic basket with uh, you know, the cheese, and the beer is made for us uh, by Ithaca Beer Company. The cheese is actually washed in the beer. Um, but you know, we also can, you know, for an, like an exact example, uh, with our foie gras course, uh, we have uh, Gale's Prize Old Ale, uh, 97 and 98. Both of those go really well with the seared foie gras set that we have right now. Um, we have a, uh, some sour beers uh, from Alvin in, in Belgium. Um, you know, the, the Cuvée Andres and the Cuvée Freddy. Both of those. Yeah, I love the Cuvée Freddy. Cuvée Freddy's fantastic. Have you had that yet, I Yeah, I have uh, a long time ago. Excellent with a, a foie gras terrine. So, you know, but, it, but it's what someone would prefer is what I'm really aiming for. I actually have a fun story about Eleven Madison. I had a f- couple of friends who came out from California last year, and he's a bar owner. He owns the Trappist in Oakland. 
so he always drinks beer and he had the beer pairing at 11 Madison and his wife is Mexican and is very much into tequila so she actually had a tequila pairing with the food <laughs> at 11 Madison I don't know how often you do that but it's pretty cool that you can go into to a fine dining restaurant like that and ask for a tequila pairing and they actually do it I like that Mm-hmm. Is that your job on the floor? I mean, are you just doing beer pairings, or are you, are you doing other pairings as well? Uh, I mean, I would just I would help out with beer pairings. I'm I'm one of the dining room managers, so I'm essentially facilitating service in general, um, and you know, helping out the staff throughout the evening. Uh, thankfully, the psalms that we have on the floor uh, are very knowledgeable in beer. So you know, if I'm not there for the day, uh, you have a lot of them who've, who've kind of taken a passion and you know, are willing to kind of play around with things. We have one psalm who uh, kind of created his own pairing. Uh, we have a smoked fish uh, dish that comes right after a, a few small bites um, where you have champagne. And he decided uh, to just pour some Captain Lauren smoked porter into the champagne as kind of a, a mock on the uh, uh, black velvet cocktail. Um, and so it's kind of nice that you know, we're able to kind of trust each other and uh, our kind of decisions and that kind of thing. Well, cheers, man. Cheers. What are we drinking, Yappe? Uh, it's actually a fun, I don't know if it's a fun beer, but it's a fun little thing because it's a beer that I brewed in Scotland and it's actually made for the Swedish market exclusively. So it's a, it's a lager at 4.8% um, with Nelson Sauvanghoff, a little bit of Nelson Sauvanghoff. It's a, I don't want to call it commercial beer, but it's a pretty easy drinkable beer because we Release, release it in Sweden in very big scale. Um, and this is actually just a, a fermentation tank sample. Um, they, you know, since I can't go to Scotland all the time to test what I make, they always send samples so I can approve of it before we, sh- before we send it out. So it's a, it's a sample that I, you know, it's, you can see it, bo- it's bottled uh, a couple of days ago. So it's, it's fun to drink something that was co- bottled it's a couple nice. of days it says, ago. It says beer, it's like a medicine jar. It says beer sample, yepe yellow. And then there's some numbers on there. So. Yeah, that's the fermentation number, uh, the tank number, and and the date it was bottled. So it's a very fresh sample, and it's uncarbonated, of course, because it came directly out of the fermentation tank. It's nice to drink it this way, isn't it, Sarah? Yes. I mean, the nose right away jumps out at me. Yeah, it's, so it's it, like super fresh beer. It's very fresh. It's a little rough, um, but it's fun to taste something that is, you know, a lot of. Beer drinkers only get to taste the finished product, and this is actually a product that's almost finished, but not quite. So it's fun to to be able to taste something that's you know right before when you will buy it. Cheers! So uh, cheers to you guys. So Sarah, mm-hmm. tell us. I want to hear a little more about Eleven Mag because uh, it's it's kind of fascinating. I've never been there. You should come in. I'd love to. <laughs> it's I'll nice. come in for a beer pairing. I, yeah. I approve of it. Yeah. <laughs> what What are some of the beers that, that you guys serve? You know, because I'm sure you have. Beers that I've never heard of. But. Beers galore. <laughs> like what? What? What are? I'm just trying to get um, that out of you. Like what yeah, are some no, that um, you would recommend? And- uh, we have a pretty decent Cantillon uh, collection. Uh, we have a, a lot of beers from BFM. Um, I recently added a, a lot of the Lover Beer uh, beers. Purchased a couple of the Magnums uh, that have been released. A couple different vintages. Um, so you can play around like that. I can you, definitely play around like that. You said that. the Gale, too. I, me- I remember I've yeah. had some of the older Gale beers from England. Yeah. and the Lo- I didn't even know Lover Beer had vintage beers. And from Italy, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then J.W. Lee's. Uh, we have a lot from Allagash. We get some from Ithaca. I mean, th- the thing is, is 
once something has run out, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to purchase the exact same thing again. I kind of like the list to be a little more ever-changing, kind of exciting, you know. So it it morphs uh, as you kind of go through the seasons and, you know, the years. But, I mean, of course, there are some things that we've kind of held on to to allow to age and that kind of thing. So if somebody want, wanted to aspire to have your job, Yes. I mean, what what steps besides learning how to work in a fine dining restaurant? I mean, what, is there any beer program or that they should take or that you've taken? Uh, I, I haven't taken a beer program. I, I, there isn't really one in existence. There are a lot of uh, culinary schools that have started to do uh, beer education in the form, you know, of a, of a class that you take a, one semester. Um, but there isn't really a beer program. The Cicerone, I mean, I know they're in the process of reworking the syllabus right now. Um, but I would love to one day kind of have a program that people can kind of a comprehensive thing where people can learn all about brewing and the service and, um, selection of beer and pairings of beer and everything like that. It's funny you ask. It's actually my thesis was on beer education. So (laughs) cool. And what about you? Yappy? Is there any way for, for someone to learn to be yappy? I think it's going to be really difficult. (laughs) 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 I'm not that easy. I mean, uh, I've 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 not educated in what I do. I'm actually a school teacher. I just taught myself to brew beer back in the days, and I taught myself to taste beer and like beer. And you know, now I do pretty much all of it. I brew beer and I sell beer, and I, you know, we run the restaurant and all. I, you know, I just I believe in if you if you're really into something, you can learn it. And if you spend enough time and and enough, enough energy on, on on learning, you'll it'll get you a long way. I mean, it takes. Special palate or special talent for tasting beer, of course. Not everybody is as, as, you know, not everybody will be as good. But I mean, if you if you really want to do it, you just put your head into it and you can learn it. I mean, that's what I did. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. I, I just got tired of drinking, you know, bland lagers back in, in Denmark and and you know try try to do my own brew my own beers instead. So, so I, I know that I have these great notes from from Justin Kennedy, who's one of our producers. So I know a lot about you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to get you guys to talk too. Um, you know, one thing that back in when you were first learning to, to drink beer, and you know, you had beer clubs and all that stuff. Um, most of Denmark was Carlsberg, right? So yeah. there really wasn't a craft beer scene in Denmark. No, I mean Denmark is a very small country. We're only five million people, and we have a very big brewery called Carlsberg that you probably know, and. Uh, Having Carlsberg for 150 years in Denmark and pretty much Carlsberg having the monopoly for, for selling beers and brewing beers in Denmark, that's what we could what we drank when we grew up. And, you know, Carlsberg is not a bad, bad lager, but it's it's boring if you drink it all the time. And I just got tired of drinking Carlsberg all the time. So when I started teaching school in the late 90s, uh, I formed a beer club, invited 15 friends, and, you know, we just met a couple of times a year and, and tasted beers and searched out other beers that you know we hadn't tried before and had fun with that and then we started homebrewing from there so yeah it came from being in a country where you can only drink pretty much one beer or a spin-off of the same beer so cool have you had a number of the evil twin beers uh before sarah do you know them well yes uh i was very lucky to go to one of the opening nights of uh the bar uh and Thankfully, they kind of let us sample the whole line, <laughs> uh, right starting at the uh, bikini beer and just going right on through. So it was. Uh, it was pretty cool, man. Yeah, I brew a lot of different beer. I I like to say that I 
I brew every beer for myself because I would never ever make a beer if I didn't want to drink it. And it's I think it's a good approach because I don't you know it's also the fact that I don't have my own brewery that I rent space at other people's breweries. I don't have a big investment. I have to pay back. I can make it beer, and if it if I don't feel like making again, it doesn't work out. I can always just move on and do something else. And it's a, it's it's nice to to have the, that opportunity because you know I I brew a beer I want to drink. When I created Bikini Beer, which is a two point seven percent IPA, it was just you know I was sitting one time one night at uh, one night in Denmark working late hours and you know wanted a beer, but I also knew that if I drank a ten percent Imperial Stout or a ten percent IPA, I would probably fall asleep pretty fast. So. That's how I came up with doing a low alcohol. You know, it might flavor. sound crazy to the listeners, but I've had an experience. You know, uh, Mars, Stefan Mars from Mars Brewing in uh, Bamberg. One time we did a tasting with him, and I was surprised at the order of the beers because he has a, a, a light, a licked beer. It's a light beer that's like two point seven percent. I would have put that first. Instead, he tasted some wheat and Bach beers first, and then the fourth beer was the first beer that really had hops, and it was the two point seven percent licked. And and the the hops just popped in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, Bikini Beer has a lot of flavor, and people get really surprised because you know when you hear about a two point seven percent beer, you think of something really light. It's very light drinkable. It's very light in the body, and it's, it's easy to drink, but it has a lot of hot flavor and a lot of bitterness also. I I like to play around with low alcohol beers and then put a lot of flavors into them. That beer was in my fridge all summer. Awesome, <laughs> <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> Well, I'm going to start asking Sarah for, for, for beer tips because I, I get a feeling you, you probably get exposed to uh, some of the best stuff that's coming into New York. I'm incredibly spoiled. You're amazing. <laughs> but uh, hey, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we're going to be back. We're just getting to know uh, Sarah and Yeppe. We'll be back in a few minutes. And we have Wicked Weed from North Carolina calling in too on Beer Sessions Radio. You are listening to Leaving by Dead Stars on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Stay tuned for more Beer Sessions Radio. So, you like good beer? Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Brazil. I've got a Yeppe from Evil Twin Brewing and Sarah Monroe, the beer director from 11 Madison Park in the studio. We're talking a little bit about uh, pre-Thanksgiving beer and food pairings and just uh, all the great beers that these two guys get to taste in, in their jobs. So over at Taurus, Yeppe, um, you know, that's, that's that great beer bar in, in Greenpoint. They have a lot of your beers. And Luxus is the, the dining room in the back. 
give me examples of a couple uh, really great dishes and the pairings that, that have gone on there, even two or three. I mean, uh, one I remember specifically from the first time I ate at Lotus was uh, a dish called Little Gem Salad. It was uh, it was a Little Gem Salad roasted, lightly roasted, and it had a it was in a in a bowl with a broth and uh, egg yolk. Uh, you know the egg sixty five where you prepare it sixty five minutes, sixty five degrees Celsius, so it gets the perfect consistency. And the pairing was actually one of my own beers. For some reason, I, I remember my own beer pairings the best. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, beer called Femme Fatale, which is, uh, I, we call it an IPA. It's not really an IPA, but it's a, it's a light 6%, pretty hobby, but not, not overly bitter, but more like fruity hobby uh, beer um, brewed exclusively or fermented exclusively, exclusively with bread and amices. Which is a wild yeast strains that give kind of an earthly... Like the bread IPA. Yeah, yeah, funkiness. And it just worked well with that, you know, the roastiness from, from the salad and the, and, and the broth has kind of an earthly, you know, mushroom kind of flavor to it. So it just worked really well. Um, another one was, and we still do that, is when if you order uh, the cheese plate, which is uh, an extra, um, you get uh, also one of my beers called Ron and the Beast Ryan. And Ron and the Beast Ryan is a saison made with Brettanomyces also, aged in red wine casks from Italy um, for about a year. Uh, it just works really well. The The beer it, itself is very vinous and had a lot of, I don't want to call it wine flavors, but it has a lot of wine characters, very winey and a little bit tart, and it just works really well with the with the fat cheese. So those are two that I really remember and, and like a lot. But do you think that like as an easy, like a lot of times I'm planning a Thanksgiving dinner or a, a get-together, and I want to do a, a food and beer pairing that works. And, you know, I feel like there's certain foods that, go well with beer in general but then something will throw you off like recently we did a dinner and we had brussels sprouts but the, the, the chef put in a little bit of uh, crushed red pepper and it got spicy and we had a couple choices of the pairings and the sour beer was the only one that really went well with that pairing i mean do you feel like there's certain rules that, that we should follow in our food and beer pairings yeah, I think there is. I mean, it's it takes a lot of practice to uh, to figure out. It's not something you just do overnight and learn overnight. But I like to say that the beer has to look like the meat you eat. So if you eat dark meat, find something dark. If you eat light meat, find something light. That's a good, like, thumb, what do you call that? I call rule it rule of thumb. thumb. I call yeah, it exactly. Ron and the Easter Bunny. <laughs> 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 I love the names of your beers. So, Sarah, what are a couple uh, you know tried and true pairings that, that you might have at Eleven Madison, or that you could recommend to to us if we're not at Eleven Madison? <laughs> uh, I mean, recently we had uh, we have a lobster dish right now where the lobster is poached in a citrus butter, uh, served with a guanciale crumble and a couple different Brussels sprout uh, forms. Um, and recently I, I paired a Belgian triple with it. And basically a lot of people think, what can the beer do for the food? But I also like to think of what can the food do for the beer? Uh, the citrus in the lobster kind of helps kind of cut that really uh, heavy malty sweetness that you get in the Belgian ales, while also the malty sweetness kind of really goes well with the super salty guanciale crumble. So it's kind of a perfect little um, dance, <laughs> rather. Uh, Sounds good. And, you know, like I said before, the, the Cuvée Freddy just really goes fantastic with the uh, the foie gras terrine that we have right now. It is served 
uh, with a couple different variations of plums and a bitter almond. Uh, so you get those stone fruit uh, qualities, uh, that kind of rich, super uh, mouthfeel uh, with the foie gras. And the uh, Cuvier Freddy just kind of cuts through it, um, but leaves you with a really nice, decent finish, the combination of the two. Um, but also, uh, in the beginning, I, I like to start actually with cider, a uh, nice, light, champagne-style cider, uh, the Valveran, um, that I think you're familiar with, uh, from Astoria, Spain. It's just simple, it's like sparkling, sparkling easy, effervescent, very dry. Um, it kind of eases you into the intense ups and downs uh, that a beer parent can have. Yeah. Well, cheers. And, wh- and we're drinking something smoky now. Uh, what, what is this next course? It's, next beer? Uh, it's, a, it's a smoky, uh, smoked lager called the Cowboy. Um, I've done it before, uh, but I just moved it to a different brewery because we wanted to do it in bigger scale now, so I moved it to a bigger brewery. It's, uh, it's a pretty simple 5.5% lager, uh, lager yeast, and then we added 10% smoked malt. So I just, you know... I just like smoked beers, and I don't always like overly smoked beers. You know, some of the some of the smoked beers from Germany have a lot of smoke in them, and you really have to get used to to drinking that. But this one just ha- have a slight 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 amount of smoke in the background, and I like that. It's nice. I, t- I think I just got my Thanksgiving beer, and I'm gonna say this on there. I'm pissed at Eater.com because they recommended for Thanksgiving the beer that is their sponsor, Negro Modelo. And uh, guys, you got to up your game. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Yepes Cowboy. Lightly smoked pilsner from from my Thanksgiving dinner. I think yeah, I All think right? it would work well because a Thanksgiving dinner is pretty fatty, and having something that is light and has a little bit of smoke to it to like cut through the fat would be would be nice. Um, yeah, I like it. It's good. Hey, and we've got our, our calling guests too. Um, we've heard a lot about Wicked Weed Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina, and they have a really cool uh, slogan <laughs> that I can't remember. But uh, who's on there? Is it Luke and Walt Dickinson, or one of you? Oh, not on yet. <laughs> well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I hear the sound on my phone. but Well, guys, Wicked Weed's coming on, which is definitely worth uh, Justin again. Justin's been traveling a lot, and I'm going to give you a shout out to him. He's got an online column weekly uh, for Savoir.com, and we're lucky to have him as one of our producers. So he's really getting out there and, and meeting a lot of great breweries. But um, Wicked Weed, they're going to be on soon. When they call in, uh, we'll let you know. But. Talking about Wicked Weed, I actually had... One of the beers for the first time last week, by coincidence, I was in South Carolina brewing at Westbrook, where I do a lot of my beers, and I did a collaboration with a guy from California from a new, pretty new brewery called Saint uh, Darius, which is very much under the radar right now. One of the very high breweries, and uh, they did a little tour of North Carolina before we met in South Carolina, and they actually went by Wicked Weed and picked up one of their IPAs in a growler, and it was really, really good. So I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Getting more from those guys. I know we got to get their beers up here too. Exactly. It's funny because there's so many states. Like I, I, from Virginia, there, there's a couple uh, breweries that I've tried in DC that I don't think anyone from Virginia is distributing to New York. But we've had some north, like Blue Mountain from North Carolina. Is Blue Mountain North Carolina or Virginia? You guys Virginia. Know? They're Virginia, so that's one that's up here. But um, you know, there's so many great new beers. I mean, you made. You also made beer in. Um, in South Carolina, right? You're making beer with Westbrook for a while? I do. I still do. I still do a lot. That's where I went last week. Yeah, I do. I have... Right now, I work mostly at two different breweries, uh, Westbrook in South Carolina, and Two Roads, uh, the new brewery in Connecticut that just opened up late last year. Um, the head brewer of Two Roads is the legendary Phil Mikowski, who came from Southampton Public House. Um, and Two Roads is... 
first of all, an awesome place. It's a pretty big system, 100 barrel system, and they built the brewery to do both their own stuff, but also to beers for guys like me, um, and it works really well. We do a lot of stuff out there. The cowboy that we're chasing right now is actually brewed at two roads, and we have a very good relationship going on, and it's it's a lot of fun. Very professional guys, and beautiful brewery if you ever make it up there, Stratford, Connecticut. I've heard a lot about them. Do you get a chance to go to any brewery, Sarah, as part of your education? A couple. Recently, I kind of wanted to make our draft system uh, more and more local. Uh, so I went to Single Cut Brewery in Astoria, uh, and then I also went to Rockaway Brewery in Long Island City. And Single Cut, they have an amazing operation there. Uh, they're very thoughtful uh, from everything, uh, from their address. Was it... Their address is 1933, which yeah. is the same year that <laughs> Prohibition ended. And um, I think it's the first brewery in Queens. Um, but they have a great setup, a really beautiful uh, facility. They do uh, like live music every week. And they're, they're bringing some really fun stuff. So it, it was really cool to kind of get out there and see. I, I'd like to go up. I recently tasted some Peekskill uh, beers. I definitely want to go up there and check it out. Also, Newberg is kind of next on my list. So Yeah, we, we love them all. So you guys at 11 Mad, uh, how many draft lines do you have? We only have four. Um, but, and you know, like I said, I kind of like to keep um, keep it a little more local. You know, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, we've been doing that at Jimmy's number 43 as well. It used to be, I think when we first opened 2005, it was like we had nine of 12 lines were like kind of classic Germans and Belgians and only three American. And now it's Probably nine or ten of our twelve lines are all from the New York area, and uh, there's just so many great new breweries coming in all the time. You have Peekskill and Single Cut. We have Keegan Ales right now. Uh, you know, of course, Brooklyn. We have a fantastic relationship with Brooklyn Brewery, um, so it's kind of nice. Barrier Brewery as well. So it's it's nice to kind of have a selection of really fantastic brewers just in this area, and you know, it's also nice to see that you know pre-prohibition era, like this was the place for beer. I mean, this was literally Brooklyn. We're sitting in it right now. And now there's kind of this rebirth um, that's happening, which is kind of fantastic to watch. Oh, cool. And you brought up here, too. What, what, what is this? It's a Belgian beer, right? Yes. Uh, so this is the Vicarus uh, Triple Goose. Um, basically, it's kind of a cool hybrid. Um, there are two different producers, uh, one making a triple, one making a guza, and uh, they were next to each other at a beer festival, and somehow in like tasting each other's beers, it got mixed up in the cups, and they're like, oh, wow, this is a pretty good combination. So here it is, and it's, it's yeah, a let's, great... Let's try some. Yeah. All right. It's a great introduction to sour ale. You still get some of those uh, Belgian ale qualities. Triple guza. Yeah. And there's a woman, a woman brewer at Vicarus, too, right? Have you met her? No, I she haven't. She was in town last year. There was a, it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a Van Bergen DeWolf uh, distributor. Yes. Yeah. She's uh, she's 26 years old. Um, and the brewery just opened up, I think, in, in 2011. Um, so it's kind of a really great marriage between, like, new world and old world Belgian producers. Um, and it's really cool to see women, you know, really getting involved. Yeah, it's a fun beer. And I you see it more and more from Belgium, actually, uh, the mix of Lambic. Uh, and other beer styles, mostly say songs or, or blonde ales. Um, this, I believe, this was one of the first I've had it before many years ago, actually. Um, but you also, I've got a, had a beer from from uh, Italy. I don't know, remember this brewery that mixed uh, say song with Trifontaine and Lambic, and you know, it's a, it's a good way to put some some more edge to 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 what you do. And I like the 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 collaboration part of of not just brewing a beer together, but actually brewing two separate beers and then mixing them or blending them. 
It's a cool, cool thing. All right. Cheers to Vicarus and you guys. And um, you know what's so great? You guys are both accomplished, and uh, I'm getting kind of serious. But you know, so many you look at like a beer weeks and things, and and I feel like that most people don't respect how good beer can be, and that beer can be and you know, a fine dining setting. I mean, to me, I, you guys are right where I am. I mean, the kind of beers you're talking about are the kind of beers I like to drink. And I know that my customers feel that way, too. But, um, you know, what do you think it's going to take for other people in America to, to respect beer? And there's certain people that won't won't drink beer still, you know. And uh, I, I come, up, come up with that a lot of times. Um, you know, what do you think that we need to do to make more people drink fine beer? I think... Uh I don't know. Personally, I feel like there will be people who, who will never want to drink great beer when they come to a fine dining restaurant. They will want to come and drink thousands of dollars worth of wine. And from a restaurant standpoint, that's fine by me. But there will be people that are going to get more and more passionate about beer. And I feel like, you know, we're kind of on the right track. You have people becoming more and more knowledgeable about beer, which forces producers to be more and more creative and kind of drives them to make a better and better product. And, you know, we right now, you know, I was just talking about how spoiled I was. We have such a selection, and I think it's only going to get better, and people are only going to get more knowledgeable. I think we're on a trajectory right now where it's totally going to happen. I don't. I think we just keep doing what we're doing. Totally agree. Uh, I mean, we are on the right path, and uh, it's it's changing by the day. I mean, I'm I'm definitely one of the brewers that that work hard to to get more beers into fine dining, and I do it because I I love fine dining. I spend a lot of time and and money also on on eating at the best restaurants in the world, and I because of that I like to work with the best restaurants in the world. In the world, also I do two house beers for Noma in Denmark, which was considered the best restaurant until this year. Um, I did a beer for Momofugu. Uh, I've done a beer for Nomad, Eleven Madison's Little Brother, um, and I'm actually I've done some work with Blanca, right behind where we are sitting right now, which is to me one of the best restaurants in New York right now. So, I, I see that's what I want to do. I don't I don't do that for my own self esteem or for my own. You know, I just I like to show people that. Food and fine, uh, fine dining and, and beer works well together, and that's also why we open Luxus. So, you know, I, I think we're on the right path, and people would learn. It will take time. People are used to drinking wine for many, many years for at fine dining restaurants, and it will take time. But you know, people don't complain at Luxus where you can only get beers. We might lose customers for not serving wine, but you know, we might win other customers for actually going all the way with beer. So, cool. All right. Hey, we're going to take another short break. We'll be back in a few minutes here on Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. All right. You are listening to Kill Me in the Summertime by Dead Stars on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're at Roberta's in Bushwick in Brooklyn, and uh, we've got Yeppe from Evil Twin, Sarah Monroe from Eleven Mad, Justin Kennedy, one of our producers, and from Sabor Magazine. Hey, we've got some calling guests, too, uh, from uh, Wicked Weed Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina. Who's on the air with us? Uh, this is uh, Walt and Luke Dickinson. All right. Uh, I know that... Um, welcome to the show. I know that Justin's been on with you guys in uh, North Carolina. Um, Justin, you want to give a little introduction? Sure. I would. Um, how's it going, Luke and Walt? Hey, good, man. I, I met uh, Walt, Walt a few weeks ago when I was in uh, Asheville and got to taste a lot of their beers and wrote a little article about them, so I uh, wanted to get them on the show. So, um, I don't know, Luke or Walt, do you guys want to tell us your story a little bit, just a brief, brief version of it? Yeah, yeah, totally. We're uh, we're in Asheville, we're a brew pub downtown uh, next door, and you know we we've been open about eleven months now, and you know we we kind of open to just be a, a more of a kind of fill a void I think market of you know we do a lot of really hot forward West Coast style beer, uh, a lot of open from Belgians, and we have a, a pretty robust barrel program where we're doing a lot of percent uh, breath fermentation and uh, sour. And, you know, I know you guys are in Asheville, North Carolina, and you don't really have phones there, so um, <laughs> you're not really coming through, but that's we still want you to keep talking, so. Oh, now you're having trouble hearing that? Maybe he's talking to the, the, the mics. I, I heard barrel aging, open fermentation. It all sounded good to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, with Yepi, you guys sound as good as Yepi's accent, so you can't understand Yepi, and I can't understand you guys. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we're, we got you on speakerphone on, on the uh, old trusty iPhone, so... Um, Sorry, who has landlines these days, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Good so point. Justin, tell us how you guys got started, because um, I know you guys you guys won, uh, you know, you beat out Crooked Stave, and you guys are making some cool beers. Um, you know, how'd you guys get started? So, um, this is Luke, uh, and you just heard from my brother, Walt. Um, we got started, really about, uh, we got started on the project about three years ago, Um Walt and I started developing a business plan for a brew pub that was going to offer more than your traditional East Coast brew pub as far as selection goes. We wanted to focus on uh, West Coast-style hoppy beers, Belgian beers, saisons, and sour beers. And um, we wanted to have 25 beers on tap, which if you go out west, you might see that occasionally out east. It's pretty rare, so... Uh, we brought that to Asheville, which is our hometown. Uh, we've lived here since 1996 and uh, got a few great investors slash partners behind us in the business. And, um, uh, yeah, we opened almost a year ago. Um, so we're, we're trucking right now. We, we're on pace right now to do about 3,200 barrels of beer our first year, um, which is insane. So uh, we're, we're moving right along. All right. Sarah, you were down in North Carolina, and you've tried the beers before, right? Yeah, a couple months ago I was down for a wedding, actually. Uh, yeah, and we we uh, did a bit of a bar crawl uh, the night before, took the groom out, and uh, definitely sampled a decent amount of the uh, the Wicked Good uh, Wicked Beer. <laughs> like, what are the styles? <laughs> what are some, for, for you, Sarah, like, what you tasted, what, what style of beer is it, how would you... 
say they're making beer? I, I think I think they're being very creative uh, as far as uh, I feel like they have such a great selection. I, I don't think I'd characterize them in a particular style. I mean, they're playing with Belgian styles. They're playing with uh, West Coast IPA. Um, I, I really think they're just very dynamic. Um, they could kind of do whatever they want, essentially. And uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't characterize them as a certain style. Yeah. And yeah, but you said, have you been to the Wicked Weed Brewery? I haven't, um, but I tasted one of their beers last week when I was down in South Carolina. Um, I was uh, at Westbrook Brewing with my friend Tim from St. Adarius in California, and I believe he went by your brewery the day before and picked up a few growlers that we tasted. Um, yeah, I think she double IPA the Vigilance, correct? Yeah, something like that. It was a double IPA, West Coast style, and I liked it a lot. It was really good. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, just think we're big down there, too, man. You guys are really breaking up here. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like you're on the you're on the moon. It's like the astronauts, you know, you're a first step for man, you know, giant leap for mankind. That's what it sounds like. So when you brew 3,200 barrels the first year, do you sell most of it out of the brew pub, or do you distribute a lot? Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to end up selling almost... All of it out of the group. We'll, we'll let a few tags here and there out to uh, some bottle shops in the Charlotte and Raleigh area. Just to, you know, we have we have some fans out there. We wanted to try and get some of our beers, so we let them down a little bit. Um, but but we have put a lot of beer that we produced has not been sold over the counter. Uh, we'll do about twenty six in the brew pub itself, and uh, the other six hundred is actually in wood in in barrels. We have an off site barrel house that has about 270 barrels in it right now. Oh, awesome. um, it will probably be somewhere around three, 350 by the end of the year. Very cool. What kind of barrels are you using, Walt? Uh, we're, we're using kind of a mix of, obviously, uh, wine and, and bourbon. Uh, being in the South, uh, you know, bourbon's pretty readily available, whereas uh, you know, it's a little more difficult for us to get. We shipped uh, another truckload of um, of uh, having all blocks um, from from Napa should be which will help a lot. So we we're kind of, a lot of our, our reds, beers, and uh, the South Sours are are in a lot of I think it is. I think that Luke isn't coming through, but Walt is, or What's vice that? versa. Or who's that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what you, you know, we're just gonna have to. Uh, you guys are awesome, and I want everyone to know. So, Justin, just just give us a little synopsis of these guys. What so, I think I think the thing that really caught my eye was that they won, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the a gold a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival, and they beat out Russian River and Crooked Savior, two of my favorite breweries. And uh, this was a brewery that I knew of because my friend lived right next door. And about a year ago, I was down there, and they were getting ready to open. So uh, I knew the name, and, and I knew they were doing great things, but I didn't know they were doing that great of things. So I was really excited when I saw that. And so a few about a month ago, I just booked a trip to Asheville pretty much just to visit the brewery. And I went to some other places too. But um, So I got to try, uh, I think Serenity was the one that they uh, won gold for, and then also uh, one called Vigilance, and then also the the double... The Freak Double IPA, which I think you're going to be bottling soon. Is that right, Luke or Walt? Uh, the thing we're actually, sorry, we're getting uh, the headphones with the little mic. Hopefully, they'll fix this problem for you guys. 
But <laughs> we are, uh, we're, we're going to start bottling our, our sour beers and our prep beers. Uh, Freak is still going to be a little ways off for us. Okay. So you're going to be bottling, I think you told me, the, the Dark Angel Cherry Stout or something like that? Yeah, Black Angel, Black Angel Cherry Sour is uh, you know, it's, it's a barrel aged dark sour. We do it with a, about a pound per gallon of tart cherries in bourbon barrels. Uh, it's kind of, I guess, maybe our flagship sour beer we're doing. And um, a lot of other, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out of the barrel house for sure. Like a lot of Brett beers really love Brett. Um, and then, you know, sours are one of those things that we're just kind of, we're, we're building kind of a little bit of a portfolio that's, that's aging right now. And start seeing this kind of trickle out for the next year. All right, you guys, it's hard to hear you, but just one last thing. Tell us what beer should we be drinking on Thanksgiving from Wicked Weed? Oh, on Thanksgiving? Um, I would say, well, my, my personal favorite right now is Malice, which is our uh, 100% Brett. We do with, uh, Tamarind and Blood Orange. Uh, but we have a brand-new coffee beer coming out, 8.5% uh, using local cacao nibs and uh, local coffee called Red Eye, and that's coming out tomorrow. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Um it's hard hearing you, but just just hang with us, and I'm going to ask some more questions. So, Sarah Monroe from Eleven Madison. So, if this guy says he has a tamarind orange beer and a coffee beer, and you w- hadn't tasted them, w- what foods would you pair with those? Tamarind orange beer. Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> Thai food. Oh, uh, we we have a, a carrot dish that I think would would go really nice with that. Uh, it's a carrot tartare. Um, and you kind of combined everything uh, on your own, and I think those kind of fruity fav- flavors would go with, um, you know, kind of the earthy, uh, sweet, um, herbaceous quality of the dish. Have you tried? Hitachino has a new beer called Dai Dai. That's an orange rind. It has orange rind in it, and it looks orange and it tastes orange. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't quite figured out what to do with it. It's an IPA, right? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's an IPA. I think it would go with fish, just because it's orange. I don't know. Yeah. And what about the coffee flavor? So the red eye. That's a little more. A little more, little more oomph. Uh, we have a venison dish uh, that I think it would go really well with. It's served with a, a black trumpet mushroom, sun choke, um, and the, the venison. I think it would do just maybe a little of the coffee of, red eye yeah. beer as a gravy. I think it would be it would be great with uh, <laughs> being a southerner. I think it'd be great with uh, country ham. Red eye gravy, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been you've been down there, Justin. So uh, I have. I would recommend uh, visiting uh, Wicked Weed to anyone. I mean, they have a, a restaurant there, two tasting rooms. It's a it's a gorgeous place, and it's they're really hospitable too. So, all right. Well, guys, listen. Thanks for coming on there, everybody. Uh, let's do it one more time, Justin. You brought in uh, your Thanksgiving beer recommendation. And this I'm isn't really it. my Thanksgiving beer recommendation. This is <laughs> uh, this is a beer from New Glarus um, in Wisconsin, and it's called Serendipity. Wisconsin's actually one of the largest producers of cranberries in the world, or in the in the country, probably in the world too. And this is a beer, a fruit beer that's made with uh, cranberries and apples and a couple other things, but. It's uh, it's a really tasty beer, and I've been waiting to try this for a while, and I'm glad I'm sharing it with you guys. So, what 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 is your uh, Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving beer is um, my Thanksgiving day drinking beer is Stillwater's Classic, which <laughs> ah, I think nice. is <laughs> uh, Brian was going to be on today, but he had a conflict. So, um, but it's it's kind of like a deconstructed and reconstructed American lager, but it's actually an ale. Um, but it's a really tasty, easy drinking. He beer. said it was. It was supposed to be like a fancy Pabst Blue Ribbon. 
That's kind of what it... It doesn't really taste like that, but I guess that's the idea that's behind it. That's how he it. pictured it, right? Yeah, <laughs> Brian's a little bit of a philosopher, and hearing him tell it, that's kind of what he says. But so, it, it tastes a little bit different than that. Don't we all do fancy Pabst Blue Ribbons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. And we got Yuppie's yellow beer here, too, so... <laughs> exactly. And what's your Thanksgiving beer, Yuppie? Uh, I think I'm going to drink wine, actually. Good call. Ah. You're special. <laughs> you know, I drink so many beers. I'm drinking day. your Cowboy Smoke Pilsner. Awesome. All right. And Sarah, what, if I'm coming at 11 Madison, you guys doing Thanksgiving at 11? We are doing Thanksgiving. And well, what, what, what would be a beer, a couple of beers you might pick for me? Uh, the turkey. Oh, yeah. No, I think this this beer here would be fantastic, the Vicarious. Uh, I think it would go very well with a lot of the different... Um, Dishes that you would goose. see, the triple goose, yeah. I think it would go well with a lot of the different uh, dishes that you would see. Even with the cranberry sauce, right? It's a little oh, yes. sour. Yeah, yeah. the cranberry relish, is not, yeah, that would be wonderful. We have a chicken velouté with black truffle. I think it would just be great. All right. How much would uh, Thanksgiving set me back at 11 Madison Park, Sarah? <laughs> it's a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. You know, actually, talk about fine dining. How much is a, a, the beer pairing dinner at Luxus at Torst? Um, we do... The food is, uh, we do about 10 servings, and it's $85 for the food, and we do a beer pairing, uh, about five or six servings for $45. That's nice. And what about at uh, 11 Madison? Uh, the Tasty Mini is 225 The beer pairing uh, would be 145 But it fits It fits yeah. with other type of, you know, whole night entertainments. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been to events, and some events are charging $250 for a burger bash or something that's ridiculous, and you're standing with hundreds of people, so... Right. I, and I've had a lot of friends say, and I want to give this pitch, is I'd rather go to some really good beer bars, like go to the Good Beer Seal and check out the beer bars, and check out 11 Madison and uh, Luxus at Tours, and, and, go, and go for a beer pairing and have a great night, yeah. you know? Why not spend your money that way, and, and, uh, and you know you're going to get a good experience. Right, guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers. everyone, for coming on, and uh, we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Give a quick shout-out. Uh, we've, we've got tickets on sale for our listeners only. It's the fourth annual New York City Brewers Choice event. Uh, this will be the fourth year. It's a featured event of the New York City Beer Week. We rock it. Dave Broder from Blind Tiger helps curate it. Uh, Jeff O'Neill from Peekskill will be the keynote speaker. This year we're partnering with uh, Grow NYC, and we're going to have a local grain project. A lot of the brewers are going to make beer with uh, New York State grains, malted at Valley Malt in Massachusetts. And New York State Brewers Association and New York City Brewers Guild will be part of it. So you can go to goodbrewseal.com now, and you can start buying advanced tickets only for our listeners. And I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. And we're also supported by the Good Brewers Seal, an association of over 40 New York City beer bars. So you can follow us on Twitter also at, at beer underscore sessions. So thanks so much. Thank you to Yepe, Sarah, Walt, Luke, and Justin for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Maggie Seiden, and Justin Kennedy, our engineer, Joe Galarraga. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.